Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to season two of She Leads Podcast, leadership empowerment for women of color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Nicole Roberts Jones. Nicole Roberts Jones is uniquely gifted at one thing, drawing out what's best in you and helping you take your brilliance to the bank. From her early days in the entertainment industry in talent management and casting, she is the creator of the Fierce Formula and now works with entrepreneurs to create multiple streams of income from what they already know in order to build an empire from their expertise. Additionally, she works with corporations to assure their executives and middle managers align their purpose with their paycheck, push their internal edge, and step into the true power of their gifts and talents at work. A nationally recognized transformational speaker, best-selling author, and bankroll your brilliance coach, she is also the founder and CEO of Fierce Factor Lab. With over 20 years experience working with entrepreneurs, corporate executives, heads of states, celebrities, and nonprofit directors in talent and program development, her clients have included the Steve Harvey World Group, General Motors, McDonald's, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Lisa Nichols and Motivating the Masses, Coach Diversity Institute, The Boss Network, and Working Mother Magazine, to name a few. Nicole is a former adjunct professor at USC and Boston University, where she taught courses on program development. She lives with her husband in a suburb of Boston, Massachusetts, consulting, writing, and creating breakthroughs for her clients. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Nicole Roberts-Jones. Okay. So Nicole, I read your bio and I love your passion for bringing out the best in others and helping your clients take their brilliance to the bank. So kudos to you for that. Yay. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Kudos to you for having this platform so that more people can learn from, you know, various leaders that are out there. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. So Nicole, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to be a guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. So now let's talk about leadership. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Nicole? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And you know, what's interesting is sometimes we're being a leader. We don't even realize we're being a leader, you know? Yes, exactly. Okay, so can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? I became a leader when I wasn't really trying to be. So I started doing this work at 23 years old in 1993. And it was, I'm from South Central Los Angeles, so it was right after the LA riots. Growing up in my neighborhood, I never realized that the gang members were gang members because I grew up with them, right? So I wasn't affected by what was happening in my neighborhood. But when I moved from college, it was a year before the riots. And I saw my whole neighborhood shift. 
And I remember looking at, at young women thinking, oh my God, they're dealing with so much drug abuse and gang violence and drive-by shootings. And one night, one of my good girlfriends invited me to work at uh, a volunteer at a youth lock-in at our church. And I remember standing in the walls of that church that night. Now, my daytime job at the, at the time, I worked in entertainment. And literally, I worked for, just to give you guys understanding of, of, before I tell you this whole moment of leadership that I didn't realize I was getting ready to be a leader, right? But I was already doing great in my career. I worked in the entertainment industry. I worked for Viacom's largest cable network. We had an outreach to 89 million homes on a weekly basis. And then from there, I worked for the number one TV show on Fox, right? And I could go on and on about premieres I went to and uh, elbows I bumped, right? Bumping elbows with stars. But here's the thing. Hollywood was great. But I woke up one moment, and even though it was a dream for everybody else, it had become my nightmare. Wow. And I only say that because I realized in pursuing this dream that everybody else had written out for me, I realized that I didn't know my own soul. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of me feeling dazed and confused, because you know, every time I, I talked to one of my girlfriends about not being sure that I like my job, they were like, didn't you go to so-and-so premiere? And girl, didn't you go to such and such party? Are you crazy? So... In the middle of me feeling dazed and confused about that, my girlfriend asked me to volunteer at this youth program at our church. Here I am. It's a year after the LA riots. I'm seeing kids that look like me driving to Hollywood, living in Inglewood, which is where I'm from, driving to Hollywood out of South Central LA every day. And go to, I go into the church that night and I start working with young women. And for the first time in my life, I felt alive. My soul was on fire. And so at 23, being on fire, you know that I wasn't thinking. I said, ooh, on fire. I marched my little self up to the Ministry of Youth. And I said, to him, how come there's no programs here for teenage girls? Just on fire, right? And he looked mm-hmm. back at me and said, why don't you start one? And I thought, hold on. I'm not trying to start a job. I'm trying to help you do your job, brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment is really when that leadership in me kicked in. And I didn't realize then I would have never said I was a leader in that moment. But I said to myself, yeah, why don't I? So that night I went home and started thinking about how did I quote unquote make it, right? Like what I mean by that is I was one of the few people in my neighborhood that went to college. And it wasn't because I was smarter. My parents definitely didn't make any more money. I just made different choices. So I started thinking about how did I make those different choices? What was put in my path to help me do that? And so that in actuality is what I began to craft as I began to put together this program for teenage girls. And so in that moment, did I realize I was being a leader? No. What I was doing was answering a need. And really what I was doing was listening to my soul speak to me and saying yes and and just doing it and doing it afraid. Yes. I like that. And you said something Mm -hmm. that really touched home to me, answering a need. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a lot of times when you feel the need to answer a lead, that is your leadership coming out, whether you realize it or not. So that was great. Right. And here's the thing. Most of us answer. First of all, we don't realize we're answering a need because if you would have asked me then, I would have said, girl, please, I'm not trying to answer a need. Right. But in that moment, and I keep it real, if you didn't know that and now, you know, <laughs> uh, but if you would have asked me at 23, the reason why I told you how old I was, because where were you at 23? Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was still in the club. Mm-hmm. I was still doing all that stuff. I told you I was going to the, all the Hollywood party. So in one way, I had my foot in this world of transformation and the other foot I was getting my party on. But at 23 I didn't realize that I was setting myself up to become this this person that was lighting a path so that others could come behind me. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. 
Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Mm -hmm. Nicole, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? One is to be perfectly imperfect. I think so many of us think that we have to know what we're doing and we have to do it right. And I think I am at my best when I am, when I am failing miserably, I'm going to say it. Because it's in those moments when I fail that I learn the greatest lesson and I grow. So I think in order to be an effective leader, you don't have to have every answer. You don't have to you know, be someone that arrived. Now, again, if I go back to that 23-year-old who was working with 15 and 16-year-olds. Now, mind you, I'm not that far at that time of 15 and 16, right? Mm -hmm. But I was just a few steps ahead of them. Had I figured my life out? No, but I knew more than a 15-year-old knew, right? Mm -hmm. So I think as a leader, if we can keep that in mind, because the older we get, we now have... Like at 23, I had no inhibition pretty much. Well, I had some, but not as many as I have now at 48, right? I'm aging myself, but yeah. <laughs> so who I am now, the decisions I make, I have a whole lot of life experience that sometimes gets in my way. Stephen Furtick said this quote a couple months ago, one of my members sent me his sermon that he did. And the quote said, fear is not the enemy of faith. Familiarity is. Mm. And I think sometimes we're so familiar no we get, we get so familiar with things that those things get in our way, right? Yes, I agree. The reason I brought all that up is at 23, I had nothing to be familiar around, right? I had, this is my, my, well, I had been working in entertainment for eight years, but at 23, I thought I could do anything. Well, as older we get, the more jobs we have, it's that doctor in front of your name, that title, it's that paycheck you're getting that I think keeps us from going to our next level. So I think as a leader, the biggest code you should have is you've got to be able to risk it all to gain it all. And you've got to let go of having to be perfect. Mm, thank you for that. I like that. Risk it all to gain it all. Yes. I'm going to tell you, at 23, when I left entertainment to start this thing that I'm doing now, now I'm you at 23, in 1993, there was no such thing as a life coach. So, so now I can call it coaching, but then I couldn't call it that. I know what the heck this was. All I knew is my spirit was alive for the first time in my life. Yeah. And so I had to risk it all to gain it all. I was doing great. I was making high five figures on my way to six at 23 in entertainment. And I was left all the parties. I still miss the parties, trust and believe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to risk all of that. And would I do it all over again? Yes, I would do it all over again, to love, to, to not only love what I do, but I really feel like now I'm living my life on assignment, what I was put here to do. Yes. 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 I love that. Thanks for that. And, and your answer actually led into the next question. So that's perfect, mm -hmm. which is, uh, I believe all leaders experience failure. Mm -hmm. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. Mm -hmm. But Nicole, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Ooh. So let me tell you, every time I have failed and I've had some big failures, right? You have a choice. Fear means face everything and run to me or face everything and rise. And so for me, like if I, one of the biggest failure I ever made, I didn't ask me to tell this story, but I have to, because this, I think so many people see me now and they think, oh, she's arrived and oh, she's not gone through anything because they see me doing great in my business now. But this 25 years in. At 17 years in, to make a long story short, because your radio show is not, or your podcast is probably not long enough for me to go into my whole story, but 17 years in, I was doing great. My youth nonprofit had 10 chapters in 10 states. Oh, that youth program became a nonprofit, by the way. 10 wow. chapters in 10 states. I then had a for-profit 
business, coaching women entrepreneurs like I do now. And I thought, okay, I had a 100% max out coaching client roster. So I thought, okay, wait a minute, I can't take another client. So maybe if I write a book, I can still give the principles to women and raise money for my nonprofit. So this was 2010. This is 17 years in. So when my book came out, I started getting invitations to speak all over the country. And this is going to answer your question, I promise you, right? So as I started getting invitations to speak all over the country, I'm like, yes, this is the exact thing that my, I, I had already set out. I had dreamed about in 1993 when I didn't know what the heck I was doing at 23. This is the moment I dreamed about. But here's what I want you to get. I was only generating in my business $13,000 a year. And that was on a good year. 13,000, That's less than the poverty level. So was I failing miserable, miserably? But here's the biggest lesson I learned in that moment, Nicole, is that I was trying to figure out what to do. I kept relying on my own knowledge and I had taken myself as far as I could take myself. So the biggest lesson I've learned is that you've always got to be looking for help. Mm-hmm. And so what I did in that moment is I hired a coach. And to make a really long story short, that coach showed me that I was overlooking my own brilliance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and when she showed me that, I went from 13000 to 200000 in a year. And wow. all I did was learn how to package my brilliance into multiple streams of income, which is, by the way, my gift and what I had been teaching as an adjunct professor, what I've been doing as a consultant. I just had never coached anybody to do it, let alone, you know, used it for myself. Mm-hmm. So in that moment of failure for me, I realized two things. One, you've got to, if you want something different, you got to do something different. Because I kept doing the same thing over and over for 17 years. 2010 and 17 years, I kept saying, I'm going to work harder. Well, you're doing the same thing. You're just working extra hours. What sense does that make? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> And the second, you've got to reach out for help. You don't have to have every answer. You've got to find somebody that's 10 steps ahead of you that can help you move your gift into a a whole new level. Okay. Thanks for that. Yes. And you actually ended up answering the second question. So that's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) But I totally do agree with you. Always look for help. And that is something that I think as an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting out, your business is your baby and you think Mm -hmm. for whatever reason that you have to do it all alone, but you can't do it all alone. And here's what I've learned too. You, you, first of all, being alone is lonely, right? And so mm-hmm. second, I think a lot of us, and this was me, because I had a level of expertise and I didn't want my clients to think I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't want to go find help. But here's the thing. You have expertise that's, that helps your clients, but it doesn't mean you can't grow that expertise so you can serve more people. Mm-hmm. And that's where I talked about that imposter syndrome where you don't want people to find out. Now I don't care. I'm going to tell you, girl, I don't know how to do that. Or I have a coach, which I really do have a coach right now. So that although I'm great at this level, I don't want to... Here, I want to go to my next level, and then when I get there, I don't want to stay there. I want to go to my next. Mm-hmm. So the question is: Are you committed to lifelong growth, or do you want to stay in mediocre and good? Enough? That's really the difference. Exactly. Okay, thanks for that. Yes, and I'm definitely committed to lifelong growth, and I hope everyone else is as well. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Nicole, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem, and why? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it requires more effort. Mm -hmm. And and let me tell you why, because I was doing great in my career, but when you set out on an entrepreneurial journey, and I'm going to speak to majority, this is not everyone, but I didn't know anybody that was an entrepreneur. So I couldn't pick up a phone and say, hey girl, let me tease this, let me run this past you. I had nobody to run it past. So whereas when you were in a career, even if your friends or your family aren't in that career, there's Somebody in that company where you can say, oh, can I come by your office or you can have a water cooler chat. 
So I think it's harder because, you know, most people are, are starting a path that's, you know, it's really an uncharted course. And so you've got to be, that's why I said at the beginning that are willing to risk it all to gain it all. Because mm-hmm. did I know what I was doing then? Nope. Do I know what I'm doing now? Sometimes no. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to figure it out along the way and hire somebody that does know how to do it. So I think it's harder for us because as women, especially women of color, we grow up and we learn, and I don't know who teaches us this, but we learn that we've got to have every answer and we've got to be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we're nothing to no one because we're tired and we're suffering from an empty cup. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's definitely harder. It's definitely harder for us to ask for help. It's definitely harder for us to say, oh, I need to take a week off. It's definitely harder for us to say, mm-mm. I'm not doing that when I've had to learn that no is a complete sentence and be okay with that and not feel guilty for it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, thanks for that. I totally agree with what you're saying as far as it can be more difficult, especially if this is an uncharted course for your uncharted area and you don't have people in your back pocket to rely on and have to kind of figure it out where you're going as you go. Right, right. Yeah, that's something I do almost daily. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know, but I'm still going. (laughs) There's a quote that Dr. King says, you don't have to know the staircase. I'm messing up the quote. It's one step at a time. And that's what I've had to learn. Let me just figure out this one step. Let me not try to figure out the whole route, because oftentimes, even if I think about where I was in 1993 to where I am now, it doesn't look anything like what I thought it was going to look like. Right. Matter of fact, I've done more than I even imagined that I could. So if I would have, you know, followed the path that I set in 1993, oh, Lord, I would have never got here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. I like that. I think uh, in the past, I heard someone say a lot of people are outcome based or results based as opposed to enjoying the journey and just going along with the journey. Because we don't know what the outcome is. But if you set your mind on this one outcome, you could limit yourself and limit your impact. And yes, thanks for that. Okay. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Nicole, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Yes. So, you know, one of the things I've had to learn is that there's no such thing as work-life balance. So there's no way I can give my husband an equal amount of time as I give my business. That's just not even possible. But what I've really had to learn is what do I need in any given day to feel full and complete? And when I say full and complete, I'm not just talking about on a personal level. I'm talking about on getting all this work done. Because the more productive and the better your business does, the busier you get, right? I told one of my clients now that I'm busier now than when I had three jobs, because I used to have two other jobs so I could pay for what I'm doing now. But now this is my full-time job and I'm busier now. So I really have had to learn to organize my days. And so some of you guys need this. So I'm going to give you this. This is something I walk through my clients with. So I, I walk my clients through rather. So I'm going to give this to you really quick. There's three parts to any given day. And I learned this when I had three jobs and my bonus children were little. And I used to have to get up, get them ready, work on my job, you know, go to work, all that stuff, Right. Mm -hmm. So there's three parts of any given day, prime time, task time, and personal time. So prime time is when you are at your best. And depending on what you do would dictate that. So for me, a lot of what I do is create content, writing scripts, reading scripts, editing scripts, editing content for my clients, right? Now, if I try to write anything at noon, it's horrible because I am not creative at noon. I don't care where I am. I need to be eating a meal and talking on phone anytime from 12 till about six I need to be and that's when my task time starts by the way so this interview we're doing is an afternoon because I 
I'm chatty Cathy in the afternoon, right? So I can do my coaching calls, I can do meetings, I can do lunches, all of that. My prime time is in the morning because I'm only creative until about 11, 11. And then I need to, again, be in my task time. So once you learn that about yourself, you've got to organize your days in that manner. If I try to say I'm going to write my blog at 2 p.m., I would sit here with a great idea and the blog would be horrible. Now, I will tell you, I've also learned that my prime time kicks back in at about 7, 7.30. So I can edit something at night, but I don't know what it is about that in the middle of the day. So you've got to figure out what that looks like for you. But the third part is personal time. What do you need on a personal level to feel full and complete? I know that when I'm in town, because I travel a lot, my husband does too, that Friday night is date night. I know, and my husband knows this, he calls when I'm on the road, my glorified slumber parties, because everywhere I go, I know somebody in that city and I'm going to go out for girls night out, right? Mm-hmm. So at least two or three times a month, I have girls night, whether it's here in Boston where I live or whether it's on the road, right? I know I get a massage once a month, I can go on and on. But these are things that I know I need to feel fully complete. So when you start Organize your days and you know all those things are in and every single one of my days are organized, by the way. There's only certain days I do meetings on. There's only certain days I do coaching on. I don't work on Fridays. So because that's my day to go get my eyelashes done and go do my own little errands for me, go get my massage, right? When I'm not working, sometimes I'm working and traveling on Friday. So I had to learn my personal productivity. The way that I'm productive is knowing what works when and only doing that at that time. Okay. I like that. Knowing what works when. And I love that three parts of the day, prime time, task time, and personal time. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Thanks for that. Okay. So Nicole, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Hmm, Can I tell you about experience? Hmm, There's probably so many. I think for me, a few years ago, I think it was in 2014, I made the Investment and I went to Ayala Van Zandt's uh, Wonder Woman retreat for the mm-hmm. weekend. Okay. And you know, I always tell my clients, your business can never outgrow you. And so you can focus on your business and focus on your business and focus on your business. But what about you? You know, we're mm-hmm. human beings, but most of us focus on doing some really human doings, right? So in me taking that time for me, oh my God, I I reunited to my core. There were things in my way that I didn't know were in my way. I was playing small, meaning that every now and then, remember imposter syndrome earlier. Anything I'm saying, by the way, I'm talking to y'all, but I'm really talking to myself. So I too deal with imposter syndrome, right? And so literally going to that retreat moved all of that, the optional things in my life off the table. It made me non-negotiable. It made me stop caring about what people think. It made me stop caring what people say, because here's what I know. There are a certain group of people that are aligned and a perfect fit for me. So I think in investing in that for me really was a game changer. And it really, really helped me Unite to my soul in a way that I had left behind in growing my business. And so after that, I've ha- I have a, a personal development coach now. So now I'm always in some personal development program and I always have a business coach because I, you need both. So I think that was a huge moment for me to, and she makes you sh- shut your cell phone off the whole weekend. So it was no cell phone, no makeup. It's like you go raw and unavailable for anything but yourself the entire weekend. So it was great. That sounds great. That's awesome. Yes, and we do need to take time. I like that. uh, And you mentioned it earlier. You can't pour from an empty cup. So realizing that even though you, like in turn, teach leadership or coach other people, you may also need a coach or someone to build you up and help you to be great to help others. Thanks for that. Okay. So, Nicole, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? 
I think the best advice I've ever gotten was to be committed to lifelong growth, that you don't get to one level and, and you know, you shouldn't get there and be complacent and be just uh, uh, content and happy. Or like when people ask me my bio, I'm like, okay, that's great, but that's over. I'm, uh, that's like, you know, the 2017 version of Nicole. I'm working on the 2025 version of Nicole, right? Mm, yes. So I think it's always being committed your next level and how do you get there and how do you increase yourself I think that has been the best advice and when I got that advice is when I went to that Ayala Vizette retreat and you know this is history for me <laughs> okay yes I can totally relate to that and I definitely I'm a firm advocate of being a lifelong learner and not even learning as far as books but learning as far as your person your experience is how you treat people how you interact with people there's so many different levels that you can attain on a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year basis. Right. I mean, you've got to think about every area of your life has to be, you know, if you want, think about if your life is a wheel, if you want your wheel to roll and alignment, then you've got to look at every area. You've got to look at your finances, your health. You've got to look at your spirituality. First of all, if your spirituality is not intact, I'm like, how am I going to power myself up if I'm not plugged into the power source? I'm just saying, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So so it's your health, it's your it's, it's everything. In addition to your career and your relationships, it's every area. And so if something's out of whack, you're going to feel like something is off. Does it take energy to work on all those things? Yeah. Do I ever feel like working out? No, that's probably the, my least favorite area, right? I hate working <laughs> out, but I know if I'm going to have the energy to be able to do this thing that I do, I've got to do that. You know what I mean? So it's thinking about all the areas you need and making sure you tap into that. So you're always powering each of those areas up. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I'm excited. This was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes, yes. I love it too. Okay. So I want to thank you again for being my guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Sure. So if any you are ready to create multiple streams of income from what you already know. What I, I noticed, Nicole, from so many entrepreneurs is they work from a one-to-one model and they're tired. And you should at least have one way that you're making money while you sleep. So if, you, if, if that's you, then I'm going to um, invite you to a free webinar called bankrollyourbrilliance.com. Bankrollyourbrilliance.com. So I'll walk you through the three ways, three things you should be doing in your business to help you bankroll. Uh, and I do share with you uh, the six streams of income you should have your business. So that's one. Uh, the other thing you asked me is how can people connect with me? So it's NicoleRobertsJones.com is my website on Instagram and Twitter. I am in Roberts Jones because my name is too long. So first initial in <laughs> and then Roberts Jones. And then on Facebook, I am the Fierce Factor Lab with Nicole Roberts Jones. Okay. All right. Well, Nicole, again, thank you for being a guest on She Leads Podcast. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Nicole. I love Nicole's purpose-driven outlook. I find it very interesting that Nicole left a very lucrative job in an extremely desirable industry to work with the youth once she discovered that this is where she felt alive. Nicole's courageousness reminds me of a quote from an unknown author, which reads, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. When we set our souls on fire, we stop existing and start living.
I admire Nicole's acceptance of being perfectly imperfect, as we all most definitely are. As Nicole stated, you don't have to know it all and you have to risk it all to gain it all. We hold ourselves back by thinking we have to be in a certain place before we can take action, as we are often afraid to fail or better yet, afraid of our possibilities. We must commit to stepping outside of our comfort zone and doing things afraid as we will never know what we are made of if we don't. Nicole mentioned a quote by Stephen Furtick that reads, fear is not the enemy of faith. Familiarity is. I can relate to Nicole's discovery of her leadership capabilities and the spark that ignited her flame, which was when she taught teenagers at the age of 23, as I had a similar experience that did the same for me. My first job out of college after attaining my bachelor's degree was with the Civic League of Greater New Brunswick. While working for this organization, I had the privilege of mentoring and teaching preteens and teenagers, which was amazing. Ironically, I did not realize that this job ignited my flame until leaving and moving into corporate, where I did not feel the value of my contributions as I previously did. And I was around the same age as Nicole. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Nicole mentioned the importance of knowing how we operate and when we should do certain things. According to Nicole, there are three parts to any given day, which includes our prime time, our task time, and our personal time. To feel full and complete, we need to determine when these times are and ensure we plan accordingly to maximize ourselves in accordance with the times that work for us. My takeaway for this week is to figure out my prime time, my task time, and my personal time as I aim to be my best and do my best. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. We want to hear from you. We would love to know your thoughts about leadership empowerment with Nicole Roberts-Jones. What did you learn? What did you agree with? What did you like? Or you can tell us what you did not like, what you do not agree with, or what you think should be changed. Go to Facebook at Sheely's Podcast and let us know. Respondents will be entered into a random drawing for a Genius is Common t-shirt. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.